0: Welcome everyone to another True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. This is episode 73 and we're recording this on Friday the 18th of June. we were going to be talking about Freedom Monday today until of course that was cancelled earlier this week but it will take more than that to stop this podcast. So we're still talking about freedom, we're talking about your financial freedom. We've got some handy tips and lessons from our panel today who no doubt still have many lessons to learn themselves, but not where your money is concerned. Let's meet them. We're joined by Dan the Boss Harrison. We've got cool, calm, collected Chris Leyland in the house today and Mm. Phil Yeboots Elvin. Uh, Or should that be Phil? Your uh, should be first time Phil actually on the podcast because of course I think this is your first outing. Is that right, Phil? It is, Peter. Yes. Yes. Well, on the podcast. Correct. We could only resist the (laughs) we could only resist the letters and the emails demanding your appearance for so long. So you can stop sending them in now. I will. But it is it uh, it is good to have you on, Phil. What else have you done this week for
1: the first time, Phil? Uh, This week um, I hit my finger with a hammer yesterday. For the first time. For the first time. Do you want to explain what you were doing? I was hammering a, a piece of my house into submission, and I got that angry I missed, and I hit my finger. And that's the first time. Can we see the finger in question? We can, I've brought evidence oh of... Arch, the, oh that looks particularly imaging. painful, Phil. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, I wouldn't ask a question that I'm not prepared to answer myself. So the first thing I... Well, what I did for the first time this week was watch GB News. Has anybody else... I've watched snippets. Yeah, watching being the main word, because you can't hear anything until they get the technical <laughs> stuff sorted out. But uh, if if you need any help, GB News, we've got our expert team of Katie and Graham in the corner. They'll just give us a ring. We're happy to help. Uh, Chris, have you? Uh, what have you done this week for the very Do first time? Something
2: new for the first time? Um, I did a new kettlebell workout. There you go. Yeah, no injuries? Very, very exciting. No injuries as of yet, no. Yeah. But maybe sore tomorrow. Oh, good. Well, uh,
0: you know... Don't ask me for a massage. You know. I try not to. Yeah. We, we, do many it was we do legs as
2: well, so yeah. I'm definitely not
0: going to ask you for no, a massage. <laughs> We're definitely not
3: doing of podcast. Yeah, wouldn't be yeah. your first time yeah. either.
0: <laughs> uh, Dan, what have you? Have you broken your duck with anything this week, Dan?
3: Uh, today, uh, this morning. This is my first podcast as a 40-year-old. Oh, so, wow! Well, yeah. yeah.
0: If we knew, we'd have baked the cake. Well, we should have done. I think we did. <laughs> which we <did. laughs> well, we well in advance. Yeah. Uh, did you celebrate? Well, I know you celebrated, but I've uh... celebrated
3: with two different surprise parties. Yeah, so I'm right. like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a Grinch when it comes to birthdays, but the the team here at TP had a party and then my wife had one for me on Saturday as well. So I'm all surprised out for the next decade. Is that a new birthday tie you've got on there? No, no, no. no. <laughs>
0: it's, a very, it's a very smart tie. It matches your mug as well, which I can see why you've done that.
3: Well, Mr. Corporate. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Is your middle name? I thought when he said it was Freedom Day today, I thought it was the football today.
0: You just thought I was going to get me Wham records on, didn't you? Yeah, that's <laughs> I, that's yeah. where I was going with it. Yes. That. Great album. Have you got it? Uh, my better half does. Ah, oh, see. Yeah. Uh, how did how did we know? Uh, was anybody genuinely surprised that lockdown got uh, the lifting of lockdown got delayed for another month? And and I suppose the second part of that question is: Does anybody think it will actually
2: get lifted <laughs> in a month's time? Probably. I think for me, you know, the reality is is what you see is that communication come through. Yeah. And, you know, there's a YouGov poll, where basically they polled people to say, you know, would you be happy if, lo- happy is probably the wrong word, but mm. would you be happy if, if lockdown was extended? And the poll, I think it was like 60, 70% of people said that they were worried about the new variant yeah. coming through. Um, you know, I think from my perspective, you know, looking at it from a, an investment point of view, The reality is, it hasn't really done anything. No UK equities were actually up the next day. Um, You've seen sterling come off a little bit, but nothing really has happened. You know, all the big things are already done. It's already open. You know, it's just that, and this probably is quite an uncomfortable thing to say if if you own a nightclub or you own a theatre or something like that. Um, But the reality is, the majority of the economy is open overall. So, to me, it wasn't particularly a surprise to the different asset prices. You know, nothing really moved on the back of it.
0: It does feel like that there's, you know, there's not much left to really be lifted, is there? I mean, was, I was yeah. in London a few weeks ago and just driving around in the, in the cab, and you know, you wouldn't have known at six o'clock through the streets of London that there was any, uh, any remnants of a lockdown. But I mean, nonetheless, still a bit disappointing, isn't it, to, to, that we're not quite out of this mask wearing, social I think, distancing.
3: I think so. Play, Peter. Is, yeah. I, I think when you look at some of the positive kind of steps forward the government's made with vaccination Mm. programmes, 40 whatever million now, I think it's all over 18s, can now be vaccinated as well, which is great news. And I I think, I don't think anybody's surprised, but I do detect personally, but also when when I'm speaking to people, an undercurrent of disappointment with Mm. it, which I think people think we're doing our bit here, we're getting vaccinated, we're trying to keep a distance inside of things, we're in the main not... Taking the Mickey and yeah. kind of grabbing one another and, and mm-hmm. crowding around and things, yet you know this and it's not a underplay to again. This this new Delta variant as well. Mm-hmm. So please don't get me wrong, we're in there, but it's very minor looking data here, and people are thinking, well, when are we going to draw the line with this? I think so. I think there's there's no surprise, but it is. I think it's it's this can't probably go on indefinitely now, yeah. and it's like I know they want to get a, another set of people vaccinated between now and. July, mm. but you start. You, we're getting into the lower age range now, which is you've got a different demographic of people who may be saying it's not yeah. for me. You know, I'm, I'm starting to hear that a lot more now when I'm asking mm. people, which is I'm 21 years old, I'll be okay if I get it. Mm. And you feel like saying you'll be all right, but you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, might not be, yeah, you no. know, but you can still you can still <laughs> transmit it, and I, that's that's what's maybe been missed with some of this vaccine side of things, which is actually. Get vaccinated; it lowers your transmission rate as well. It doesn't just help you with your health; Mm. it actually stops you passing the thing on. Yeah, Um, you know. So it's, yeah. I'll I'll behave. I'll I'll not get too frustrated. You (laughs) do sort of wonder
0: as well if if cases are increasing to a level that they're unhappy with now, in a month's time, just because of the lag, you'll be potentially unlocking or you know giving us full freedom back at a time when the cases will be even higher, the death rate will Mm -hmm. be higher, which is if you can't do it now. You know, well, it's, it's an odd thing to be able to mm-hmm. say you yeah. can do it in a month's time. But I mean, were you were
1: you surprised, Phil, or not? No. Uh, conveniently, what what seems to happen from government is you, you already know it's going to happen before yeah. it happens yeah. through a, a nice set of orchestrated or unorchestrated leaks. Uh, but I wasn't surprised in the, in this in the slightest. Um, I would probably agree with some of the logic. I, I would rather get the job done, providing it is the final act. Mm-hmm. Um, the only worrying thing for me is they're talking about some of the some of the language living with COVID in the future we'll need to learn to yeah. live with it yeah. um, which is interesting, I don't think that's what anybody would ever want to sign up to yeah. um, but it, I don't know whether they yeah. might know some information that we don't but um, I think if you speak to the majority of people they think once we're all vaccinated that's it, return to mm-hmm. 18 months ago, yeah. that's the only thing in the back of my head that's a bit concerning but the main yeah. thing is everybody should just Get vaccinated. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. This week they were saying it's it's going to end up being a bit more like the flu, where you've just got to have your your annual
0: flu jab for a different a slightly different strain than the one they had mm. uh, the year before. So, yeah. Chris, you mentioned uh, some of the kind of market reaction uh, a few minutes ago, but just give us a bit more detail, would you, on, on the week that's been?
2: Yeah, sure. So, it's actually been a, a strong week for equity markets. So, the UK was up around about 1%, uh, Europe was up around about 1%. I think quite interestingly, if you look at the US, you saw the NASDAQ, so the more technology focused index within the US, that's been really, really strong. So that's up around about one and a half percent. But the actual broader US index, the S&P 500 was actually flat over the week. Um, Probably two data points that I'd talk about. um, The biggest thing within markets this week has been the release from the Federal Open Market Committee. So they're the equivalent of the Monetary Policy Committee in the UK, so basically they set interest rates in the US. And what they do is they produce a, a projection to show their, the individual member's view around when will they first raise interest rates. So this projection has been the same for, for quite a long time now, it's basically 2024 is when they're gonna raise rates. But yeah, on Wednesday, they basically changed that and brought it in to 2023. Now, this is important. The reason why they've done that is because basically, the economy strong, you know, you talked a little Mm. bit about vaccinations, their vaccinations are going very well in the US. So basically, they think the economy is strong enough to withstand an interest rate rise. Now, normally, what you would have seen is equity markets sell off on the back of that. So, So you're losing some of that monetary stimulus. Overall, you're losing some of that monetary easing. Um, but what you actually saw is is investors seemed quite happy about it mm. in the sense that I think what they were thinking is is the Fed were just ignoring the sort of slightly higher inflation prints that were coming through. So actually you saw markets generally be, be quite favourable yesterday and the NASDAQ did particularly well as investors are looking at those tech shares. They're looking at companies that they think will deliver on earnings that will still be able to sell their product overall. So that's one thing. I think the other thing which is maybe a little bit more pertinent to the the people that are are watching this is is in the UK. So we had inflation data that came out. So inflation data came in at 2.1%. So that was ahead of expectations at 1.9%. Now, it's important in that the Bank of England, their target is to maintain a 2% inflation level. And like, they haven't done that, you know, inflation has been much lower than that for the past couple of years. But I think what's so important about that, and you know, for people who are listening, and you know, maybe we can discuss this as well, is it just highlights why you need to take risk and why you can't use cash products, cash ISAs, cash investments. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is, you've got interest rates at what 0.10, 0.1% so 10 basis points. So that means you get nothing on your cash, basically. Even yeah. like you know, we were talking about this um, just before the podcast started, but even the like higher interest rate cash products, you're still looking at Mm 0.4%. Obviously, you've got inflation at 2.1. So it means it's eroding the spending power that you have. So that cash pile, the purchasing power of it is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And the only way that you can do that is by investing in something, you know, obviously, I'm going to plug our multi asset proposition, (laughs) the true potential portfolios. But you know, that's a key way that people can invest and make money above inflation. Mm. And so for me, you know, that's something that I think is is really important for people to take away. You know, the reality is is inflation's here. We don't believe, you know, we're gonna see very significant inflation coming through. Mm. But it's going to be higher than what it was, yeah. so it's important for people to think about doing more with their money. It can overall. be a tricky
0: concept for people to understand inflation and, and the, the sort of, yeah, or at least the effect of it. But I think I was, um, I heard yesterday, if you look at the, I think it's the balanced portfolio since 2015 when you guys launched it. Yeah, what's the annualized, if you like, yeah, yeah, rate yeah. of growth so over the over the years since? It's, it's sort of well it's over five percent. good question. Yeah.
2: So the annualized rate of growth there is uh, around about eight percent. Yeah, and that's after fund charges. Right. So, um, you know, if we say look at the aggressive portfolio for investors looking for something that's a little bit higher risk, Mm. that's over 10% after fund charges. Now even inflation at at two, You know, you're still you're getting well a really significant yeah. uplift. And that's the difference,
0: that. isn't it? It's just yeah. beating that 2% figure, which yeah. Yeah. if you get 0.2% in a bank, you're doing exceptionally well, more likely 0.02. Yeah, so.
2: I mean, the other thing as well is, you know, if you think interest rates have been at half a percent for mm. so many years, mm. so fair enough, they've come down from half to, to 0.1, but it's basically nothing. Yeah, And that, that, that really is the key. Yeah.
3: Bit of a plug for the Margolin team. They're, they're do more podcast last week was about inflation. With yeah, Greg, yeah. Greg and the Absolutely, gang there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. probably for a bit more on that. You you flick, know, back to flick, to flick back to flick flick yeah. But it's a funny one, Chris, when you were talking about the target as well. They've been the two percent. That's been a target for a long time now, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, And yeah. all of a sudden we start to lurch a bit closer towards the target. Yeah. And you, you almost pick up this kind of feeling of, oh no, the doom time yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's I, I, strange,
2: isn't it? I think it's weird, you know, I think people are so used to living in an environment it? where inflation is really, really low. And so why is inflation low? It's things like, like technology, um, you know, it's population demographics. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, the Bank of England, and it's not just the Bank of England, though, know, if you look at the Federal Reserve, they've got a 2% inflation target as well. Mm. You know, The reality is, is that they're not hitting the target, they're not getting that level of inflation that they need overall. Um, So when people are looking at it, and all the newspaper headlines are like, you know, petrol prices or whatever they are, 18% over the year. Um, That's true. It is true. I I felt that. Yeah,
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: and and, you know, people, but people are sort of sitting there and thinking, is inflation going to get out of control? Well, Mm -hmm. it's not because you've had a a pandemic related crater in prices last year. And you know, you saw the oil price go negative, which is, is crazy. But then, you know, what I do see is is slightly higher inflation. But I think to your point, it's completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's normal for for prices to go up slightly every year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's normal for wages to go up mm-hmm. slightly every year. It's just it's just what happens overall. It's it's life. But I think people are just ignoring that. Yeah. Good. Okay, thanks for that. Chris,
0: well, let's talk a bit more about some of the I said at the top tips and lessons to uh, that we can learn from uh, successive lockdowns and a bit to give a bit more financial freedom. i have got a newspaper article here, Dan. I think you were in the news uh, at the weekend. I've got it here. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a.
2: He looks yeah. afraid. Yeah. So, so,
3: <laughs> dear so for many years <laughs> yeah. I've been struggling with. Sorry, that's the other article. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, it's on the Very other good. side. That's uh, a pseudonym <laughs> I use for those ones, Peter. Yeah, just,
0: yeah. in, invest is best as pandemic hit Britain's top up their savings, and you were talking about. If you look at the the amount of money that's been impulse saved with the TP in the first sort of three or four months of, the, of this year yeah. compared to last year, 166% increase. And I think you said here people have never been uh, more able to save, including younger demographics. They've begun investing in their future. It's a trend I hope to see continue. And you were talking about the, well, nudging 3 billion now uh, extra money that's come into our funds mm-hmm. uh, so far this year of inflows, which is pretty amazing. So, I mean, there's definitely a sense that people are saving more You'd agree with that because you said it. No, the, the, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Absolutely, Peter. No, if, if you look at the general trend, if you just use true potential as a, as a metric, you know, we, we are, we're, we're approaching 3 billion of sales um, as, as we get a half year. So we're, we're record level of growth for the business. If you say use Impulse Save as, as, as the mechanism where our clients can make those micro payments into their accounts, uh, that's done phenomenally well, not just the first few months of this year, because then you could say, well, was that because of tax year end and tax year start? But even last month in May, you know, we had 3,253 separate impulse saves last month, um, which, which, which is fantastic, really, because that's just, you know, we, we always say I'd rather have 3,000 of like one pound impulse saves mm-hmm. rather than one three thousand pound impulse yeah. save because it, it's the spread it's mm-hmm. showing more and more people are getting the habit and, and yeah. taking control mm-hmm. uh, from within there and I think some of that is down to uh, people having had more money and then hopefully still enjoying having more money and, and being able to save it but I also think it comes from this digital switch which we saw last year as well where certainly for us you know the th- th- more people now log into their True Potential site using the app versus the website. Now it's about 60% Mm -hmm. uh, versus 40% on the website. And I think taking control of your finances is more conducive when you're on a mobile, because I I just think it feels more natural now. I think about the way I, I bank, for instance, I've just been getting a new bit of fitness kit called a a boot band because my Fitbit broke and that's own, that's app only. Yeah. They don't have a website now as well. Uh, I've got a business bank account with Stalin Bank. That is app only now mm. as well. So it, it's interesting to see the way in which behaviour is changing as well, driven by the tech. Have you noticed a lot more tech
0: come on stream in the last, say, year or so to help people with their sort of generally manage their money and manage their life, I suppose. I,
3: I haven't seen too much more, but I've seen just more people willing to use it. Mm. Right, yeah. I think more than anything. I, we've, we've all got tales of mums, dads, grandparents, what have you, using you know FaceTime video for the first time or, or WhatsApp and, and, and things. So it's just, yeah, you can read stats till the, kind of the cows come home, I guess, yeah. about this many people use this much more. But I think I always just ask people, you know, that, that ask people in the office, ask clients when they come in, and they're, they're all up for it. Yeah. And would you expect? You
0: mentioned some of the stats there around TP clients. You'd expect that if you'd like more ad- adoption of digital and people, you know, logging in a bit more. That's going to continue. We're not going to go back to no. It, I'll it, jump on the phone or I'll pop in and see somebody. It's it's still growing now,
3: digital. Peter. You could argue. I know we're we're still in the final stage of lockdown, but the the growth's still there. So mm. I, I think it's it's been cracked. Mm. I think. Bill, you you speak with you know your 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 sales director for wealth management. So you, you look after seven hundred and fifty advisors, and I've, I've always getting kind of said the advisors are actually worse adopters at times of technology. Um, so it's you, you're probably on the front line, so to speak.
1: It's historically, you, you probably could have said that, but I think the last eighteen months has has proven that I think everybody is on on board with using the technology more, and that that's pressure from advisors on clients and and vice versa, because there was no other means to transact business. Like, If, if you have money to put in an ISA, there's, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't able to write a cheque and somebody come and collect it and then take it to the bank or you know pay it in. You had to do it a different way, um, and obviously we're in a good position where you were able to do that through impulse save and, and top-ups and the like. But you've you've seen across in wealth management the, the uptake, we mentioned it before with impulse saves, that... The, the figures are absolutely staggering in terms of the, you know the amount of clients who are in, in you know just using the app more regularly it, if you can spot the regularities um when you look at the data i think when you when you look at the uh, instances when somebody's used it for the first time once they've used it for the first time that's it they will never go back and i think the whole broadly the whole uk has done that to some effect with some technology whether it be amazon or the tp app or what have you um so to go back to your point i don't think We'll ever go back. No, um, which is a good thing. And you've seen more
0: advisors, if you like, leaving other firms who aren't at that sort of front end absolutely. of technology and joining, say, TP. Who absolutely, who aren't.
1: yeah. So l- last year um, we brought a lot of advisors into wealth management, which is good. Um, one of the con- consistent anecdotes we heard mm-hmm. was where they were, they were unable to operate their own advice business because of. COVID constraints. They, they were, literally had their arms and legs cut off. They weren't, they weren't able, able to operate. Now, they still had clients who needed servicing. They still had clients who needed to put money into pensions, ISAs, bonds, what have you, and they literally were not able to help them. Um, so we, we've brought a lot of advisors in who, thankfully, have realised that the technology is there to help them. Um, so it's been a very positive year for us in that respect.
0: And why do you think, it, if we've been there since 2007 in terms of you know, digital first and doing things in a very much tech Enabled way. Why do you think other firms perhaps it's taken the pandemic for them to realize maybe we should actually catch up with the 21st century?
1: I think, in, in, in part, they, they didn't think that something like that would ever happen. They mm. thought that the old ways will continue. They, yeah. they're not, these firms aren't necessarily set up to innovate or think differently. They're set up to continue doing what they always might have done. And they've assumed that that always will be the way. Um, as we know, that isn't the way. Um, things were already moving. Uh, to a more digital means prior to that, I think COVID and lockdowns just pushed the accelerator pedal on it and probably brought us forward ten years. Yeah.
3: Um, I think we work in a lazy industry yeah. as well. Mm. Um, product providers in particular yeah. lazy. You know, they're, they're a lot of these firms now. These large asset books would not exist today mm-hmm. if, if they were formed today. You know, they're living off the fat from from dozens, if not hundreds, of years in, in some cases. Mm. And they just take advantage of that, and they've just always, I mean, like Phil says, always thought it'll never happen, mm-hmm. quite arrogantly actually, from from there. So, you know, we we were quite delighted when a good few of those organisations got a good yeah. kick last year, and and rightly so. But I I think, like Phil says, the bad at innovating, the bad at thinking. I don't necessarily think maybe the bad at it. They just, they just think they're above it. Yeah. You know why? Why just should never, we change? Yeah. More laziness, really. Correct. Yeah.
0: I mean, we don't want to go through a pandemic again anytime soon but i mean in terms of tp we're not going to stop innovating you know we're, we're very much tech driven and you were at the obviously at the the heart of that at the very start where do you see the next few years for true potential from a tech point of view without giving any secrets away that yeah. we don't want to we <laughs> might not want to share with our competitors but
3: i i, I think it, it's making our app it's making our website even more useful for the clients you know so we're looking at a project we're calling C Next at the moment which is going to be using taking advantage of like open banking as a as a as a a type of technology in there where we can sort of consume clients bank details we can then start helping with their savings habits everything we're talking about here about saving and spending things we sort of get the tech to help drive that a bit Mm -hmm. that'll then link through with you know starting to give practical examples as well so instead of say spending £200 a month on takeaways. Mm. If you spend £150 a month on takeaways, mm. save the other £50 a month into your pension, you'll be able to retire three three years and six days earlier, or, or something like that, you know? So just also put it in context, but instead of just saying, oh, Chris, you should save some money this month, I would yeah. say, well, having looked at your bank statement, here's some suggestions where if you just adjust your life ever so slightly, yeah. you'll get a real demonstrable yeah. difference out of yeah. it. So. Things like that, Peter, I think more than I think and and the T the P way in which we try to build technology is always looking at what consumers are doing mm. rather than mm. what does our industry need. Yeah. So something like Impulse Save, I think I've said this before, Impulse Save is just built from um looking at how people would buy things on the internet. Amazon is a great example. We've all used or being tricked by Amazon one click, yeah. where you do press it and you're like, uh-oh, then yeah. the, a pallet <laughs> of nonsense is on the underway. Um, and and we, we, we thought, why shouldn't saving be as easy as that as well? You know, so impulse if you log into your app, your card's already saved, you know, and a cu- couple of extra clicks mm-hmm. and you're through and, and, and the money's there. So we, we, we just thought if we make elegant software, elegant, I don't know, product for clients, mm-hmm. Financial advisors will, will do great with it. Uh, financial advisors do great with it. True potential does great with it. Yeah, yeah, and just going
0: back to the whole lessons and tips, if you like, it's as Dan mentioned, Chris. You, you can obviously engage with your finances to the point you can do an impulse save and save a few quid. But also you can engage within the app and see what you guys are doing in terms of asset allocation and just get to know your portfolio a little bit more if you really want to and get into the
2: detail of it. And as I say, see what you see what you're, you and the rest of the team are up to. It's it's really. Really useful yeah, isn't you No, know, absolutely. I think I think one of the big things that we've been doing, I'd probably say over the last 18 months, is just thinking about how the investment team communicates mm-hmm. to clients overall. So um, we do things such as the Daily Morning Markets mm-hmm. videos. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, not just the investment team, but but everyone here does a, a weekly podcast. Um you know, the reality is is that you know what we want to do is is give clients information. And I think mm-hmm. for me, the most important times to do that, it's important to do that all the time. But particularly last year, mm. you know, when there was so much movement within asset prices, you know, when there's so much movement in people's daily lives, I think it's really important to stay in contact. The very mm. worst thing that you can do is, is kind of go to ground and, and not speak to clients overall. So yeah. I think the app's great. You know, it's a great way to be able to A, see your investments, mm. understand how much money you have. As well as that, understand actually, you know what's happening with those investments. Mm-hmm. So have that contact from the investment team, and again, it's it's just easy to use.
0: Yeah, I wanted to take you back to the the G seven uh, meeting last weekend, and yeah. I think one of the key announcements out of that was this idea of um, you know tech firms and getting this sort of international agreement around tax for tech firms. Which I suppose if you if you're one of these people who just you know wants to go choose your own stocks and invest in some household names you know well then that kind of thing can come along and potentially affect you but if you're if you're in a portfolio with i think oh, well well over 150,000 yeah. different holdings that level of diversification is i mean you know it's hedging against one sector or one type of company being it affected one way or the other it's, it's not putting your eggs in one basket and that's what we're all about isn't it?
2: No no that's exactly it I think you know the key tenet of everything that we do within True Potential mm-hmm. from an investment perspective is is diversification and mm-hmm. you know the reality is if anyone looks at our performance figures I, th- I think our performance figures are fantastic mm-hmm. and, and it proves why diversification works but I do think every so often what you do get is someone saying well you know uh, why didn't you put all your money into I don't know, something like Tesla, for example, mm. which did yeah. fantastically in 2020. But then obviously this year, you know, you've seen very, very negative returns come mm. through from Tesla overall. And what you end up with is basically idiosyncratic risk because yeah. you have it just for, for one company. And then even if you start to broaden it out, and it was really interesting, I was, I was interviewing someone to, to work for the IM team and they were... Are you sorry, off, Chris? Is that, is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, bye. Good luck. It was a young guy, and um, he was absolutely fascinated with technology shares. and I kept on saying to him, but, you know, you've got to think about the price that you pay for them. Mm. You've got to think about just having that exposure to that one area. You know, think about broadening the portfolio, mm. because actually, tech won't do well all the time. Yeah, And that's, you know, that's what you've seen. You know, if you look at this year, the key sectors that have done well are things like energy, financials, it's, it's not tech, mm. tech's lagged. And the reality is, when you look at sectors, stocks, they don't outperform all the time. Mm. You know, the worst thing that you can do is look back at performance and say, like, wow, do you know what, that, that stock was up 120% over the year, do you know what, I'm, I'm going to buy some of that. There's probably a signal that actually a lot of that returns already come through yeah, yeah. and you need to think about valuation and you need to think about diversifying your portfolio yeah, and you, you can only do that
0: with the kind of relationships and conversations you yeah. you have with the all the fund managers on a daily ba- or a weekly basis isn't it
2: yeah exactly you know i think the reality is if someone wants to try and replicate their own mm. sort of multi-asset diversified portfolio mm. you know, it's it's pretty hard to do yeah and i think the thing is is you know you can get it wrong, well, you, you will get it wrong mm-hmm. in reality mm-hmm. um, because you don't have access to that research, you don't have access to the relationships, you, know, you won't have access to be able to speak to the fund manager, you, mm-hmm. know, you won't have access to that, that kind of macro overall sort of thoughts that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, it's probably easy for me to say this but, but leave it to the professionals. Yeah.
0: And I know the advisors mm-hmm. certainly, you know, take great comfort from the fact that we've got people like Chris and the rest of the team, who are taking that approach with clients money? Because I'm sure the advisors get asked by their clients a lot about, tell me a bit more about the portfolio and the funds and knowing that there's that level of expertise probably should be a great comfort to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, what you've seen in advice over the past 10, 15 years is more special specialisation when it comes to the yeah. the investment piece for the client. Obviously, there's the advisor, advisors on the wrapper, what you should do, You know what your plans are. Um, Historically, advisors sometimes used to create their own portfolios for clients and you know that used to be the norm. Or a broker would do it or mm-hmm. they weren't qualified to do it. They were just essentially reading through a, the FT, thinking, ah, oh, looks good, I'll have a little bit of that and a little bit of this, and isn't that working well? What you've seen, thankfully, is a shift towards the professionals, as Chris has rightly called himself there, where, <laughs> you, 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 it's true, you, where they've essentially realized that you know, this is people's money um, at stake, here, yeah. clients' money at stake. You need to trust people and give it to a department or a, or a firm who knows exactly what they're doing, who are qualified to do it, and that's their speciality. The advisor's speciality is to look after the client, speak to them about what their future plans are, etc. And Chris and co will look after the money. That's the, that's what they do. Mm. So that's been a, a positive change in recent years, I would yeah, say. Okay. Yeah.
0: What's the biggest, if you like, lesson that you've personally taken from from lockdown. Is there anything particularly, with, you know, what are we now, I guess, 13, 14 months in? I think
1: more than that, Peter. <laughs> than
3: no, it is, you I might, yeah. yeah. I think 16 months in, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I
1: just keep saying it. Was all just just I keep saying yeah. 18 months, it feels like yeah. 18 months yeah. at least.
0: Well, I guess we had a couple of, a little bit of a, a summer last year when things were relaxed a little That's bit, it. but in terms of, you know, probably being into restrictions, but when, what is the, what's your big takeaway being? Is there anything you're going to do differently? We've talked about what advisors and clients yeah. will do differently
3: going forward, oh. but what about you? I, I was thinking about this in terms of preparing for today and you know we, we've done these podcasts for the last 14 15 <laughs> whatever months it, it, it's been in terms of giving tips in terms of saying to people look the money you're saving on your fuel and things yeah. like that reinvested you know mm-hmm. uh, so I think I, I, I don't think we need to repeat those messages but I've been looking at my own spending over the last month as well and it's mm-hmm. it's up yeah, uh, so I minus. you know I, I I don't want to be a hypocrite here and say I'm a, I'm a convert from there. Yeah. And I don't know if some of it's still, it still feels novel going for a, a, a meal at the moment and sitting inside or it still feels novel being able to go to the pub and have a, a pint or two as well. So I don't know if my spending's up as a result of the novelty side of things or if I've crept back to my old mm-hmm. habits um, with with, with it within there. So I'm I'm not going to pretend to be some sort of sage here and give people those type of tips. But I think... What I have done is I, I do, but I always have I've taken a keen interest in where I spend my money, mm-hmm. but also where my money's invested mm-hmm. and saved as well. Um, so we've, we've talked about the app side of things. I do use that religiously. Mm-hmm. I log in at least once a week. I don't log in every day because the type of fluctuations Chris is talking about there. I think, you know, even someone who, who, who has access to Chris and the rest of the team. I don't need to see it going up and down yeah. every single day. Each week feels about right. Chris, you may even say you should probably just look at it on a monthly basis as well, just to really flatten it out there. So I do do that. I do check, you know, where where the money's getting spent in the house side of things as well. So that's that. That's, that's not nothing really, nothing really exciting there. Nothing yeah. like original, I don't think. But I mean, even away from
0: money, I mean, I know you you've obviously you're very into your. Kind of fitness, and you were talking about your kettlebells. You've been yeah, been yeah, buying. Were they an
2: Amazon impulse purchase? Uh, they were uh, a purchase that I wanted to buy, so I wouldn't describe it as an impulse purchase. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're great. I've been really enjoying it, and, so. and that sort of side of things probably will. I think the public at
0: large probably will carry on. You know, that, taking a greater interest in just yeah, a bit of outdoors and getting you know, which is what
2: everyone's been doing yeah. for the last yeah. sort of year and a half. I mean, for me, um, you know. What I've found is is a, a train in the morning mm. at our local park, and it's got these different kind of exercise things. And uh, in the past, whenever I've walked past them, I've always thought, "Who uses them? <laughs> you know, surely people would just go to the gym." Um, yeah. But it's actually been really nice. Yeah. It's actually really nice getting up in the morning, you know, especially like lovely day yeah. today. Yeah. Getting outside and training mm. is is great. So I think for me, that's something that that's been a A big change, Um, and yeah, really, really pleased with it. And then you're gonna carry on doing or do differently?
1: I can't keep talking about fitness because we've kind of got the fit side (laughs) of the table (laughs) and the (laughs) (laughs) outside of (laughs) the table. I'll key into that a wee bit. Uh, Getting outside, definitely, um, Mm. we've been able to do that more. Um, It's Mm. one thing, at one point, it was almost the only thing that we could do, Mm. so I've done a a fair bit of that, but I, I think the lessons that we've all learned in terms of, I'll talk about from a physical work perspective, the way that we've changed our working habits um, broadly, I think it has improved it benefits us here because as we've been talking about, we are technology driven. So we've actually seen no disruption whatsoever. I think we actually saw productivity go yeah. up. Um, I think that's good for a lot of uh, the staff and everybody who works here where we have um, adopted well, you know, what would be a hybrid model. And I think if you look to the future, I think that's a a sensible way of working, and it does kind of key back into the the money aspect of things. Of mm-hmm. you know, if you're going into an office five days a week, you're filling your car up, you know, once a week. If mm-hmm. you're going into the office two days a week, you're probably filling it up every other week. Yes. So you'll make a saving there. Um, uh, yeah, I just think it's a more a more hybrid approach yeah. for the future. Yeah, and a hybrid car possibly. Maybe it's a hybrid car. You're filling up. Don't get me started on that. I had a courtesy car this week that was a hybrid, and um, it, it drank the petrol. <laughs> I, I, I could speak all day about that, but we'll, we'll move on. It resembled a skip, though, you could see. It was a hybrid skip. Yeah. Um, it performed like a skip. And I think the good thing about it is it's obviously just constantly trying to charge its hybrid yeah. bit. Um, but it does so at the expense of the environment, which is probably not what it's meant to do no so i think it returned like 20 odd miles to the gallon so one thing you'll
0: not be doing is is buying a hybrid car anytime soon but but phil mentioned there dan hybrid advice which Mm -hmm. we've talked about really since 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 the company was formed which was was all about you know blending technology and and the human Mm. sort of side of it but hybrid working i just wanted to pick that up with you because we're in this amazing building that we talk about a lot but it's well worth talking about a lot which you see people in here who are in a hybrid working model, working at home when they can, working here when they need to, to, to collaborate. That's surely the way, the way forward, clearly it is for us, but do you think that'll catch on, in the country?
3: It's, uh, yeah, um, it's interesting, you're starting to see, some of the sparring going on, and out there with, with other organisations, so yeah. I'll talk about them, before I talk about us now, so, you saw, I it was the head of JP Morgan, said the other day, if you can go out yeah, for lunch yeah. in New York, you can come in the office, yeah. in yeah. New York as well, and, part of me thinks, actually you're, bang on right there and the other part thinks you know it's but it was it's interesting because i think what you certainly find in the states the 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 different to us brits and as far as they're a lot less wedded to a location mm. you know it's, it's quite common you'll see someone grow up in on one side of the country go to university and the other side and then end up working in the middle or, you know and what have you it and it's and apparently what's happened and we, we've got us colleagues and, and i don't know if chris gets us from some of the fund management guys as well during say that the the lockdown in, in new york last year a lot of people just gave up the flats gave up their apartments and moved around the country on the thinking that i'll probably never be required to come back to manhattan yeah. Yeah. and i think that you, you're getting but there have some of these banks who are paying in all fairness superstar wages like manhattan race manhattan yeah. if anyone's ever been there before it's you're talking about like 10 my old uh, thing, 10 pound a pint is what <laughs> 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 so, Wherever uh, you go a, in the world, a man, it's a a part of uh, the <laughs> world, yes. <laughs> it's like the, the pint on my there, but it, but it is, it's, it's, it's about 10 pound a beer in, in, in Manhattan there okay. as well. So, so what these banks are now saying is, well, if you're not coming in, we're gonna have to adjust your wage down because we've been paying you a Manhattan loading. Yeah. From within there, so there's an interesting dynamic in say on that east coast, that money-driven side of America. Go across the west coast, where a you lot know, the tech companies being trendy mm-hmm. to start with. You guys will never need to work from home, yeah. you know, from the office again, yeah. and all. That. And then all of a sudden they are, yeah. You know, yeah. so Apple have said we expect you all back in, mm. and there's hell on mm-hmm. with it actually. Yeah. Um, I think Facebook have said the same. Right. Hey, Twitter are still saying you can still work work from home, but. Yeah. You know, uh given them a few years, Twitter will just be completely irrelevant anyway, I think the way the way it's going. Um from so sorry if we've got any money in Twitter at the moment. <laughs> we don't want have any You positions. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any active positions yeah. in Twitter. <laughs> um, but I, I look I, I think it's having an open mind and I think it's getting to know your cli- start with your clients first. Um then your employees. And that might sound like a bit of a, a funny thing to say, but Without clients, without the money, Mm -hmm. we don't have jobs, Mm -hmm. full stop. And that's maybe what's getting forgotten a little bit here, is that can you work from home, full-time, part-time, none of the time? It means can you look after your clients effectively? Mm -hmm. Can you deliver a great service to your clients? And I think Phil was talking about the productivity before. We did that last year. We looked after the staff here, looked after our staff, and uh, looked after our advisors, sorry, and looked after our clients exceptionally well you know I've just I've just sort of flashed up on the screen there behind me you know average wait time was 13 seconds mm-hmm. for last year mm-hmm. so a, a, a great result and probably a result not seen anywhere else I've just had a I've just had a consolation email from Ryanair for a trip which has made me go down next next month and I've got to ring them up and I've just I, yeah <laughs> do you know what I'll probably not because I don't want to spend six hours listening there Ryanair with some music. cheesy music you know <laughs> if, 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 and from there as well so i'll I, I don't know if i've got the time to sit it might cost hand. you more on the phone it, it, it it, it than it really did for the flight genuinely mate so when, when when we go to tp um we could have worked from home all the time forever we, we, we did you could argue we didn't need to do the work why anything. do you think
0: productivity went up sorry why why do you think more that was? time it's just a bit more time yeah.
3: you know if you look at someone like Phil, for instance, Phil used to spend probably half an hour each way driving in each yeah. day, um, and again, I'm just using Phil as an example because I actually spoke to him about it. What he said is, instead of leaving for work now at seven thirty, mm-hmm. I'll probably start doing a bit of work yeah. at seven thirty now as well. So yeah. I think some people's working days got stretched out a little bit, yeah. um, which isn't healthy long term. You can't, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing that. But I think also some people said they felt a bit more rested mm-hmm. because. Maybe at 7.30, instead of getting in the car, you're having your breakfast mm-hmm. at 7.30, sat at the table in the house. That's what I so, found.
0: I found the 7.30, late 30 hour, before the phone starts ringing, yeah. before the emails start yeah. coming in, you could just blitz through an hour and a half's worth of good quality work that might have taken twice as long in the day when, as I say, your phones yeah. ringing, the yeah. emails yeah. You are do, coming you,
3: you, you get that, and, uh, and what we've actually found, and one, one of the changes we've made here, as well as flexibility in terms of when we start. So, mm-hmm. In the past, it was always 8.30 to 5.30, but we now have people coming in at 7, and they work 7 at 4, 7.30, 4.30, yeah. et That's really handy as well, because a, we, we, some of our teams do a lot of tasks, which are just head down work. Mm-hmm. We have to um, reconcile a certain amount of fees and commissions every single morning. Mm-hmm. That money's already in the bank, so it makes sense for some of those guys to get in at 7 before mm-hmm. the noise begins mm-hmm. and, and do it, mm-hmm. and then they can, they can leave earlier. Of Of course, so I think that, that there is some of that. I also notice I've been in every day for the last seven or eight weeks in in the building, and I' probably now spend and i'm normally at e desk seven thirty eight a m most days now, and I probably spend that first half an hour forty minutes talking nonsense <laughs> with, with 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 whichever poor person yeah, yeah. victim comes and sits next to me which yeah. and that that's I actually prefer that by the way, because you get to pick up mm-hmm. like what your rest of your team are like, you pick up that vibe, you know, and uh, because what we're running at the moment in the office is, we've split the teams into three, let's say you're in team one, week one you're in Monday, Tuesday, week two you're in Wednesday, Thursday, week three you're in Friday, Monday, yeah. so I'm seeing a, a regular, like different team members coming in, and then you can pick up how well the firm are doing, from, from a, you know, kind of, you can tell when people are doing well, because the heads up, they're making jokes and things, you can tell when people aren't doing it, because, it's down the moon, yeah. or, or you don't get any fun from. Um, so, from a management point of view or selfish point of view, I love having people in the yeah, building. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important the hybrid thing as well. From
0: if you're, you know, if you're in your early twenties, I think you've talked about this before. Yeah. If, you're, if you're at that age where you might be living it either still at home or, or perhaps you're in a flat on your own, if your company is switched completely to home working and just shut the office down, you know the social side of coming to work and seeing your colleagues is is. Clearly being missed on them.
3: The you, know, you make side, you make yeah. great
0: play of the social side of the of TP at the end of the day, but also just having that option to come yeah. in for a couple yeah. of days. Well, and, I, and I, see, yeah. see your colleagues. I, I think we're friends. a very
3: social firm. I think we're we're, we're a fun place to work. I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly feel we are. But you know, just just with a nod toward that, you know, so when the the latest lockdown was extended, um, we had a bit of a night on yeah. uh, Wednesday night mm-hmm. this this week where we had a couple of the departments in. And we had some beers and we got some pizzas in and things like that. And it was quite good. And Phil, I know you're doing the same with your team on, on, on Tuesday. Mm. So that's the social side of things at times is, is, is so important. Um, Chris, you know, you've, you've got in your investment management team, you've got a real mix of, you know, lots of experience, but you're obviously having to bring juniors through all the time. So I guess maybe the mentoring side of things.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, one thing that we found is, um, and so is for me, it's quite easy for me to work from home because I, I just kind of get on with my work. But if you're someone who's new to the team, then you know, obviously like investment is a really steep learning curve. So the reality is is it's, it's quite tough for them to, to pick things up. Yeah. So we've actually been in this week, um, we've been in the last four days. Um, and one of the things that I've been doing with my time is trying to spend as much time with them as possible. So basically almost sort of shadowing them in some ways to, to try and help them. Um, so for me, I, I think you know when you get someone new on the team, it, it's re- it's just easier if it's face to face. Yeah, yeah, really good. Well, look,
0: I think it's been a really interesting chat, and I think um, maybe some of the lessons just to kind of sort of draw to a close is, yeah, engage with your finances. Pick a firm that you know, looks after its clients, as you said, but looks yeah. after its people as well. Yeah, use technology to engage with your finance not just to top up but to perhaps get to know your finances a bit more right just to understand a bit about what's going on and, and yeah you're right there's a happy medium we don't do this every single day but you know compared to the paper based once a year thing in the post that frankly made little sense anyway to most people the fact that you can log in whether it's weekly monthly or whatever and just
3: see what's happening with your money yeah. um, no, I, I think it is it's take, take some ownership which again that's a lesson yeah. we've talked about yeah. take personal ownership for your own finances mm. take a personal interest mm. in it mm. and then pick a firm who will actually help you match that you know yeah. if, if, if you are you know find a firm who helps you do more so there you go there's the, the marketing pitch that's a good strap we should use that yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: and that applies to advisors as well right it's not just about the clients but you know if the advisors are with a firm that's struggling to just get things done if you're on the classic I've got to ring up and spend six hours on the phone you know think about shifting
1: no I agree um it's about efficiency really. If you're an advisor and you're looking after 100, 200 clients and you're relying on bits of paper and fax machines, you, you'll you probably be flat out. I right? think mm-hmm. if you use technology and use the hybrid model that's been the the theme of the, the discussion today really, you'll, you'll be able to look after more clients, help more clients, get more clients money at work in the market and all of that. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen a great deal of that over the past few months, 15 to 18 months. We haven't decided how long that's been. <laughs> um, Too long. Too long. (laughs) Uh, But really, that that would be the the message from from an advisor side, that if there's any advisors out there who are struggling with antiquated technology or no technology at all, um, there is a different way, and it's kind of the true potential way uh, so far. Yeah,
0: yeah, good stuff. Normally, towards the end, we'd ask you what you're doing this weekend, but I'm going to simplify that and just say, is anybody not watching the England-Scotland match tonight?
1: (laughs) I'll watch it. Um, I probably was going to not watch it, but now that you've teed me up, Peter, I will definitely watch it.
2: Uh, I might not be watching it, but not necessarily out of choice. So for the first time in quite a long time, I'm actually going to be in Newcastle this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So myself, my girlfriend, um, a couple of people on the team are going for a drink. However, the one thing we haven't done is bunked anywhere oh, which is the reaction yes. that I've got from every other person <laughs> when take I've, a few cans, so of bo- cans of beer in a yeah, bag it's, yeah, like, yeah just watch it on your phone or <laughs> yes. something you're probably um, okay
3: with a restaurant Chris because they want to be in a pub yeah
2: well yeah. it's weird some there's where
3: where I live in Newcastle
2: I've got a, a local pub which is a very nice pub um, and they, they don't show any sport they don't Georgia. have any it is yeah, yeah, yeah they don't show any yeah. sport and um, I rang them to say look you know we're thinking about coming in. They were just like, we're going to be completely empty. There's not going to be anyone in here. And then uh, I thought, well, okay, you know, maybe if we did want to watch a bit of the football, and then yeah, yeah. no one's got any bookings, no. So just take an
1: iPad. Go, yeah, yeah. go to the
3: broad yeah. chair, take yeah. an iPad, watch it. Well, there's a, big,
2: there's a
0: big TV just there, you know, Chris. You could stay at work and just, you know, a bit, you there's, there's a few of the, pla- the platformer
3: yeah. in this this week, and they're yeah. staying late yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, are, are you watching it Dan, tonight? I'm not watching it here. No, no. I'll, I'll watch it at home. But and I, I, Chris, you've you've done well not to go to London today. Yeah, uh, I've got a couple of friends who work on the trains; they were fuller. Grown men in skirts yesterday yes. going down. <laughs> and then there was there's the Scotland fans. But apparently there's 20,000 Scots yeah. in yeah. London right now, spreading corona around the country. <laughs> you know, what, 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 what could go wrong yeah. um, from, from within? I, and I've got a lot of friends who are Scottish, so i am being mildly tongue-in-cheek. Mm. But it's, it's obviously it's a tradition for the Scots to go down to London get beat and then they get to smash London up afterwards <laughs> <laughs> <So it's>, uh, <laughs> I, don't,
1: I don't think they'll get beat you don't, oh, think you don't. They'll get beat. No, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be a draw oh. I think the that's Scottish that's a very sit
0: on the fence uh, position you've taken yes there.
1: it is um, I think the Scottish team will be more up for it I think his, history's proven that you know the the smaller geographically and population wise, they'll, they'll be more up for it, and I think the, the occasion could get to the England players. Uh, now that I've said that, it's going to be like 5 0 to I, I think team. it's going to
3: go the way around. I think yeah. the, the England team are, are a good team, um, and they haven't really put a team to the sword for a while. and I, I, I think there <laughs> like, might be three, oh, three or four nil. Oh, <laughs> so no, well, one of they'd you is going to be very disappointed tomorrow. That's then. right. Well, <laughs> they'd be, they'd be why, put, why don't we better
1: a pound on this? If it's a draw, then I'll get a pound, like a Scottish pound note. Yes, you still got yours, have you? <laughs> 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 oh, <that's right. laughs>
0: yeah. Um, what's your best memory of England's gotten over the years? Football, I'm talking uh, about the,
3: the, 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 the dentist e- chair, an easy one, yeah. 1996, yeah, it, was, um, yeah. Yeah. it was, um, it was a great tournament, full stop that, but it was actually a, a magical goal by Gascoyne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was, so yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of fun with that. Yeah, okay,
0: well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Oh, prediction, Chris, I didn't ask you, I know. Um, Dan thinks England are going to trans them. Um, Phil yeah, thinks it'll be a steady, a steady away draw. I was looking
2: at the betting odds this morning, and <coughs> I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for England to win. Yeah. I quite like sitting on the fence sometimes, like Phil, but yeah. I'll, um, I'll go for England to mm. win, and I'll go for, maybe not as bullish. I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for a two 0 Two oh, well,
3: okay. I have to caveat it here as a chief executive. Say, <laughs> we have lots of Scottish advisors and in so I love dearly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Come on, Scott. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, my girlfriend's Scottish by the way. Yeah, you
0: <laughs> go. <laughs> spicy dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Well you're probably best not watching it tonight then aren't you? Just that, that option of going to a restaurant
2: or a pub where it's not so. on it. Probably she, is the best thing. She doesn't like football at all, oh. so she's a, and she's not that nationalistic either. Yeah. So she'll be she'll be quite happy just going Glory. to the restaurant. Yeah.
0: Well, good luck. Uh, good luck with that one.
2: Right. Well, look. Thanks very much to Chris, Dan,
0: Phil. Did you enjoy your first podcast? Yes, very way? much, Peter. Yeah. Yes. Good. Thank you. And do you want to come back? I would love to come back, Peter. Well, especially especially you if you're basket. hosting. Well, keep, keep writing those letters in, then we'll, we'll give it some thought. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep my lobbyists going. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in as well. Don't forget, if you want to catch up with any previous podcasts, like the one Dan mentioned on inflation, but also uh, Morning Markets and a lot of other good content on our YouTube channel, just subscribe to that, and it's all there for you, ready and waiting. So if you are disappointed by the result tonight and you don't want to watch any more football this weekend, you can just dine out on, uh, on True Potential's YouTube channel. So until the next time, it's bye for now.
3: Subscribing to True Potential YouTube channel is quick and easy. Simply go to your YouTube app on your phone, type in True Potential and press the red subscribe option. You'll then be notified as and when new videos are released.